0: Welcome to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Volek.
1: And welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Folk, and as always, we like to talk about things related to business continuity, disaster recovery, emergency response, and anything that can be related to those fields. We are recording live today from Phoenix, Arizona at the Disaster Recovery Journal Conference at the, I forgot the name of the hotel, Desert Ridge, Desert JW Ridge. Marriott Ridge Hotel, yes. And <clears throat> lots of people here, I heard this morning, uh, over 900 delegates, and there's uh, hundreds of vendors and partners that are here, uh, showing their wares. As always, I'd like to remind everybody that's out there, if there is a topic you would like us to talk about on the show, or you would like to be a guest on the show to talk about something, feel free, go to the Preparing for the Unexpected webpage, on the Voice America show, and send me an email. There's a button there. Uh, I do get all emails, and I do respond to them all. And we'll see about getting your topic on the show or getting you on the show. As I've said, we are live in Phoenix at the DRJ conference. And today, I will be talking with some of the speakers that are out there that have been presenting their topics. And my first guest today was our very first speaker, Dr. Heidi Hanna. Would you prefer Heidi or Dr. Hannah? Which which you prefer? I don't
2: know. I like watching you kind of struggle with that a little bit. (laughs) Heidi works. Heidi? Heidi, Heidi,
1: welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much.
1: And thank you very much for your topic this morning. uh, Recharge your brain in business. I thought it was really wonderful. Uh, Lots of fantastic information. Um, As you went through... You talked about how we can recharge our brains. You know, For our listeners out there that are all around the globe, can you kind of give a synopsis of what you actually mean by that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we talk a lot about different resources that are important to us. And I think it's easy to focus on time and money. So you're certainly very important. But I think a lot of people forget about energy and how important it is to really train ourselves to show up with the energy we want in the time that we have. So the idea today was for all of the participants to really think about their own personal routines and the rhythms that they have, whether they're oscillating by investing energy in other people and then recharging in themselves, or what I typically see is the flatline pattern of getting up, chugging some coffee, having sugar all day long, and having a couple beers to pass out at night. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you, you know, Alex. You that sounds but... <laughs> familiar to me
1: quite a bit. I, I right. may have been there a few years ago. <laughs>
2: so, you know, there's just this notion of how important energy management is, that your brain is really determining what you spend energy on and so much of our life we're really hijacked by survival and if we don't feel safe then the primal parts of our brain take over and we're not always acting like our best self. So the idea was really individually how are you navigating that and then from an organizational perspective could you implement better energy management techniques stress mastery techniques and ultimately brain fitness techniques that will really train you to optimize your energy in any moment. Moment. Obviously, when we're looking at disaster recovery and safety and BCP, super important mm-hmm. that we know how to react as our best, best self and really respond um, thoughtfully in the moments that matter
1: most. Well, that's what you need in this industry of disasters. You need people to be calm and rational rather mm-hmm. than, um, as we've all seen, people that fly off the handle. Absolutely. You know, and uh, maybe it's because they can't and haven't, you know, taking control of their mind so to speak.
2: That's right. And it's it's a lot like training mental muscle. So we think about physical conditioning and physical fitness training, and most people don't think about the fact that the brain is highly adaptable when it's given the right stimulation and adequate recovery. Mm -hmm. So we need to be really thoughtful about that, training responses. We talk about the stress response, which really is stress reactions, fight or flight, you know, we kind Mm -hmm. of panic, we have adrenaline, we have cortisol, so we talked a little bit about that, acute versus chronic stress and how that impacts the brain differently, but ultimately, for people who are in the business of training safety and wanting people to react more responsibly in the moments, like when disasters happen, mm-hmm. we have to be proactive to teach people how to access the best parts of their brain and then reactively in the moment, how can we help people shift to that state?
1: Well, you, you gave a, a fantastic exercise, one that I'm actually familiar with. Um, uh, Heidi had the entire audience go through this exercise and it makes sense. Um, Can you explain how to do that? Um, Because it links to something that uh, I wrote at the top of my page as I was taking notes during your presentation about mindfulness.
2: Yes. So I do what's called a brain recharge practice or a brain recharge process. And I talk a little bit about the framework of how the brain is organized. We really have a specific hierarchy of how the brain processes energy and information from the bottom up. So if we want people to act rationally and logically, which is using the top or human part of the brain, we have to get them to sense and feel safe first Um, so we do that by navigating our breath first very simple um, trying to just become aware of our breathing patterns trying to make them a little bit slower a little bit more full and research has shown that breathing into a count of about five and out to a count of about five is most effective for the majority of people Um, So that's kind of the level one uh, base level of of recharging the brain is is breath regulation. And then from there, um, we do the midsection of the brain, which is often called the monkey brain or the monkey mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is where we're very emotional and (laughs) reactive. Um, And one of the quickest, most effective ways to shift that is to think about something we feel grateful for. And not just cognitively, but actually feel it in our body. So I ask people to think about someone or something they appreciate, feel in their body what it feels like to have that experience and then from there we move to the third uh, step which is to focus on an energy that they want to bring to the time that they have so we're breathing feeling and focusing which I call Mm -hmm. the BFF like best friends forever easy to remember Um, so breathe feel focus and we did it for about 30 seconds but The more you train this technique, then the quicker you can do it. So if I'm talking to you right now and I'm feeling a little agitated or stressed or whatever might happen, I can just quickly breathe feel grateful, focus on the energy I want to bring to the moment, and it shifts my state so that now I'm using my whole brain, not just the primal parts of the brain.
1: Well, it made a difference when you went through that exercise. Um, maybe it's because it was early in the morning and people just finished mm-hmm. breakfast and, or, and their coffees, so maybe a little jittery, but after the 30 seconds or even halfway through, you could actually feel a little bit difference mm-hmm. in the room. Yeah. You know, the, the tension was released, everyone was quiet, you could see people sitting with their heads down and I actually saw one person's shoulders (laughs) lower yeah and that's got to be a good thing.
2: It is good. And what's interesting is I can, I can watch that same pattern. And usually at the very beginning, they're kind of like, okay, is she going to make us hold hands and sing, or <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> she lives in San Diego. This is weird. Uh, but as soon as they get past that, then, especially in the gratitude moment, I, I invite them to really let that settle into their body. And that's where the shoulders start to come down a little bit. That's where yes. they start to let go. And then from there, I ask them, who are you when you're, you are at your best? What does that look like? like? What does it feel like? What's a word that describes that? That becomes the anchor for their energy throughout the day. Yes. And what I've learned is that by building that around the framework of the way that the brain is organized, the logical and maybe even cynical part of them that's like, I don't know about this woo woo stuff, can actually see, okay, I understand now what's happening. If I'm overactivated here in the middle section, I'm not getting blood flow to the top section. And that's really what I need. So it just kind of takes out some of the mysticism um, of the practice Mm -hmm. having said that I'm a huge fan of meditation and mindfulness and I'll go totally down that spiritual line of you know how this helps us you know with our higher purpose and all that kind of stuff but for a lot of people until you build that safety and trust with them to let them know I'm going to keep this simple we're not going to get super into the science here but trust me that I've got the research to back this up and if you do this including when you can't fall asleep at night or you wake up and you can't go back to sleep the more you practice you're going to train your brain to be more effective. And oh, by the way, that is going to provide you with a better brain as you age, which is going to decrease the likelihood of you getting dementia, Alzheimer's or other brain related disorders because you've got a healthier brain.
1: And that's very key for uh, well, for people my age. You know, we, we want to be healthy going forward, right? right? We want to feel better. And especially being in this industry here at this conference with disasters, we can't afford to have that monkey mind.
2: No, you can't because you're supposed to be the rock, right? That everybody else is rallying around and yet, you're also practicing in an industry, and this is fascinating to me, that doesn't get the recognition and respect it deserves because we only really need you when stuff goes back. That's So true. it's like, yeah. okay, you're, you're over there and we know you're there, but we don't really talk about it. We're not implementing it into the entire business process, at least from what I can tell. So, you know, that was another kind of seed I planted was I would love to see the industry get creative about how do we align BCP and other related initiatives with... With training and development, health and wellness, even sales and marketing, building mm-hmm. it into the brand of who we are, because the companies I work with that are most effective have built this into their identity where they'll say, "This is we are resilient. We represent resilience, and with our clients, we're gonna make sure that they feel that when they're with us, that we are the rock that they can depend on, but each person has to be able to do the training they need, manage their energy effectively to show up in the moments that matter most.
1: We have one minute left. Uh, If you've got the time, would you be able to stay for another five, ten minutes afterwards? Because you brought up resiliency and how organizations might be able to bring that into their training programs. And I'd actually like to touch base on that to maybe provide our listeners, you know, uh, some tips, you know, on maybe how they can actually do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because a lot of times and, you know, I've been one of those people, you know, that. I'm ignored for months and then suddenly there's some sort of an incident and you know all of a sudden I'm big man on campus right. but nobody's ever talked to me right. you know or provided in- information you know and because they're all scatterbrained and haven't listened to me it makes it tougher for me yeah. to try and provide that calm, cool, collected. It's like,
2: who are yeah. you? And now can you yeah. save my life and make yeah. sure my finances exactly. are in order and that, you know, I'm going to have a job when all of this, you know, is exactly. over. Yeah, kind yeah. of important.
1: So we're wow. going to take a break now and um, we'll come back and we'll maybe provide some uh, tips for our listeners on that. Great. You're, you're listening live to Preparing for the Unexpected with our guest, Dr. Heidi Hanna. We'll be right back. Yeah.
3: You finding your frequency?
0: And see. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave. Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High definition, premier quality programs available 24 7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you.
0: You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone road.com. Again, that's info at stone road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected.
1: And welcome back to the show. We're recording live from, well actually not recording, we're broadcasting. <laughs> we're, we're, we're broadcasting live from DRJ in Phoenix. And our guest today is Dr. Heidi Hanna. Um, we were talking about uh, brains and, and, and our stress levels and how we can bring that to our business continuity disaster recovery programs. And just before we went away on break, you mentioned you know, you'd know you like to see organizations in bringing this stress management, or um, what was the word you used, environment, management? Energy
2: management. Energy management,
1: mm-hmm. sorry, uh, to, you know, their training and uh, awareness programs. So I was wondering if you had any tips on how organizations could do that.
2: Yeah. So it turns out, I, I guess I kind of stumbled upon this um, and it wasn't until yesterday sitting in some of the other sessions that I realized, I think this could be really a game changer um, for this industry. And that is that companies that do this well, really integrate different business units together. Now there's pros and cons. Some people, say that they want to integrate, and then they get really protective about their silos, because oh, there's yes. fear, right? Yes. Of, if you know what I do, then I'm not needed anymore, and yeah, you know, yeah. we could we could go down that whole rabbit hole. Um, but the point being, if this is really going to be effective, it has to be integrated. So I started thinking about clients I've worked with in the past, from financial services to utilities companies, um, to, you know, global brands, and who's doing it really well. They make it part of their culture to the point that it's actually part of their brand. And what I mean by that, I worked with a, a company in Detroit, an energy company. So I was like, this is perfect. You guys do energy, right? Mm-hmm. So you should be energized. Your employees should be energized. This should be part of your branding is that we are resilient when things go wrong. Uh, another company I worked with, uh, Reef, which is a flip-flop, you know, sandalware, beachware company. And you wouldn't necessarily think of that in resilience, but they were all about the benefits of the beach and the benefits of kind of calming down our stress responses. And so when I think about that, when you can build it into to your identity. The employees across all different business units are going to start to build in that language around that. So it's, it becomes this is who we are. So we are energized, we are resilient, we know how to use stress as fuel for positive change. And it may sound like that's difficult to do, but really just sitting around and brainstorming, I mean, I think any company is going to want to be effective and resilient and have good energy. And mm-hmm. certainly, right now, stress management is a popular topic as well. Um, but I would love look at this in all of those different business units, how does it affect sales and marketing and actually PR and media? Is there a media element that you can get some good recognition as being a company that's on the forefront of leading this kind of enterprise resilience idea throughout the entire company? You've got to implement it internally first without question. It's got to be authentic to give people that sense of true safety that they're looking for behind the messaging. But from sales and marketing to health and wellness, very similar Similar to safety and BCP, health and wellness is like, yeah, good to have, but kind of last to get the resources. But if you don't have your health, you don't have anything, right? So could we implement that in that same? And then also I would say training and development, because if you're trying to train performance and productivity... You need your brain. So could we implement this kind of framework of integrative neuroscience research, which is so fascinating, but make it really simple, really practical, and start making this consistent messaging throughout the organization, training internally first, then taking that externally through our brand awareness. And the one other point I'll just make quickly, and I said this today as well, leaders absolutely have to be involved. If no, you're having it, I know I that's a big going. one. That's okay. where I was gonna go next. And I have a tip on that one too. So I will not work with an organization that doesn't have senior leaders at the table, meaning doing the training themselves. I will do a pilot program. And that's one way if you need to win over your leaders, to tell them you're willing to do a pilot. Let's see how it goes. You're going to get great reviews because the employees finally feel like you're giving them something that's not just about productivity. It's about their life, their health, their Mm -hmm. stress. Obviously, you have to set the right tone so that people feel comfortable um, and supported in that. But do that first do the measurements, look at the ROI, that's fine, but don't take another step unless senior leaders are there because what will happen, and it's happened to me before, is that the employees will say, why are we here? My boss needs to be here, right? If he or she doesn't have the same messaging, this is not gonna stick. It feels great for me as a presenter to say, you know what, they were just with me last week. They were with me two years ago before we even rolled this out to make sure we're on the same page. Um, So it's really helpful to have that integration with leadership make sure they're behind it. And again, if sales and marketing are involved, if training and development are involved, if you've got all these different silos really behind your message, you've got a lot more momentum to work with to make it a priority. And it needs to be a priority because safety is the most important thing to the brain.
1: And I was going to go back to that that uh, business continuity and disaster planning. If you can make people feel safe, you know, we're doing this not so that our building is still here or this computer still works. We're doing this so you feel safe, you know, our right. guests feel safe, you know, uh, visitors, vendors that are in the building, anyone that we impact, you know, in the community feel safe that we are going to be there for them.
2: That's right. And if, and if you you'll train get buy-in. That, yeah, yeah, if you train that <clears> in a brain health and fitness program that's also helping performance and productivity and stress resilience and all that. It's going to help everything. But if you start communicating the importance of safety, guess what happens when your safety person comes in? Total different level of respect for how important that is. Why wouldn't we have those conversations in all of our training and development to let people know, while they're in a healthy brain state and can retain the information, this is why safety is important. Let's spend some time talking about what the the policies, the procedures, the systems are that are in place.
1: Exactly. And I've been in situations where we've had executives that have buy-in, you know, they, because that's a big topic in the business sure. continuity world, getting buy-in. You know, they do have the buy-in; they feel um, uh, like they're being listened to and safe. And then I've been in project meetings where people all of a sudden chime up and say, "We well, are changing how we would do our restoration and recovery or response okay. activities." You know, how does that impact us? Is that changing anything we need to do? What do we need to look at? And. And I've been in the room as the BCP guy, and I just can't help but have a big smile and thinking, wow, that's it. You know, that message is carrying on now to other people, they're starting to think like me, this is fantastic. You right. know, and they're not thinking it for themselves, so they're thinking, for all of us. You're doing something that's changing all of us. So, you know, they want to know.
2: Now they Uh, remember your name. So you're not the stranger, you know, when something bad is happening. I think that consistency of language is so important and it gives people a new framework, which is why I love the framework of the brain because it's so complicated, but it's so simple. If we can focus on what's simple, the patterns, the rhythms, the rituals that we need, we can train people in a way that they retain it and they actually hardwire it. So now it is part of that reaction system. Mm -hmm. So it's in their mental muscle memory um, so that when things do go wrong, they can take action on that appropriately and not have the the panic and the trauma and things that are are affiliated. Another thing I'll just point out, and I, I said this today as well, that when we feel like we're on a mission with other people, when we believe in what we're doing, there's another neurochemical release called oxytocin, which actually helps the brain remember things. So even in stress, when we're with people, we care about, when we feel committed to a shared mission, it actually helps the brain to grow instead of atrophy. So I always tell people, one of the best things we can do for our brain, sounds strange, is to get stressed with people that we love. And so I think that's, you know, from a a systemic perspective, organizations are the answer or the cure for our stress epidemic because it takes systems, it takes relationships. If you can communicate that you are safe, we're in this together, then when things go wrong, now it's more like a family, it's more like a tribe. Because we know in an emergency family comes first, right? Right. How do we make business part of that hardwired sense of this is my family, this is my tribe, this is what matters to me.
1: Yeah, that's great it's great information and um, I think I mentioned to you I'd love to have you on the show to actually yeah. get into more depth in, uh, interview on on this mm. because I think it's something that all continuity planners need to know it's you know right. it's not just the, the the documented plans and you know the processes and applications that we use mm-hmm. um, it's more there's a thinking behind it yeah you know that will actually help instill your message you know uh, and get everybody uh, to work as a team and you had you talked about teams uh, in your presentation this morning.
2: Yeah, the plans are important, so I don't want to minimize that. Right. People need to know that they're there, but they also need to know when things happen, that they've got that quick response reaction, and even to understand reactions versus responses, which we talked a lot about, Mm -hmm. um, and that there's a practice in place. So this shouldn't be something that just we rely on when we need it. It should be proactively trained and reactively trained. So proactively, I know what I need to be doing so that reactively mm <laughs> I know a quick tip, even like the brain recharge practice, you know, in an emergency, Mm -hmm. what is your propensity to deal with an emergency? We have a stress survey that people can take that actually will teach you how likely you are to respond effectively or not effectively in an emergency situation. Wouldn't that be helpful? Wouldn't it be helpful to know who in your organization is stress sensitive and may need a little extra safety and encouragement and training?
1: And the results may surprise you. You may find out people that uh, you know sit behind their desks that don't talk to anybody, would be fantastic under a stressful situation, but That's you would right. never know that. That's and right. then people who you think would be, or, or actually designated to be leaders, Crisis management team leaders during a disaster, they may take the test and find out maybe you're not the best person suited for this role.
2: And it's funny, you know. as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, the human brain is hardwired to want to contribute. How do we get people to know how to contribute when things go wrong? You know, when there's an actual disaster, and this is not my area, so this is all pretty new to mm-hmm. me, but when a disaster happens, I know I want to help. I don't have a clue what to do to help. So, what about that too? What about the people who want to contribute, which then empowers? them, which actually uses the stress as fuel for change, the worst thing we can do with stress is bottle it up, try to pretend like it's not there, and not effectively train ourselves to know when something happens, the adrenaline is good, the anxiety is even good in a short-term situation, it will help fuel you. Don't be afraid of that. But here's what to do, and here's Mm -hmm. how you can contribute. If it's not happening to you directly, here's how you can be part of the solution, which again gives everybody that sense of community and contribution that we all so desperately need.
1: Well, I I look at it as a a relay relay team. Yeah. You know, everyone has a part to play, but you don't all do your parts at the same time. When something immediately occurs, you have to, you know, take that baton and take the leadership and go execute whatever needs to be done, you know, right away, Um, and at some point then another team member joins, Mm -hmm. and then they do what they need to do, and then another person joins, you know, and even if you're the last person, you know, that joins, you still have a role. You just, your just role comes a little bit later. You know, so you always have a contributing part, no matter where you are in the organization, the newest person in the door or the most senior person, everyone has a part to play.
2: That's right, it's like a a symphony, right? And I would say that your brain is your master conductor, and your brain is constantly assessing how resources you have in any moment to deal with the situation and the important thing is to have the capacity we we need to deal with the demands and a very simple thing to just keep in mind that stress is what happens when demand exceeds capacity that's all it is it's not good it's not bad it's what we do with it that really counts
1: that's right and so we've come to the end um, it's been wonderful talking to you. you I really enjoyed your presentation and I will be reaching out to get you on the show to talk in more uh Detail because there were, you know, it, it, nobody can see my notes, but <laughs> I have a full page of notes from uh, Heidi's presentation. So, other things that I'd like to ask, uh, and I'll reach out, we'll get you on the show, and we'll Great. talk about this because I think it's something that disaster planners and business continuity people, uh, and emergency responders in general, you know, should understand and how our brains can actually affect these plans and our responses
2: that's right you know? how do we develop programs that are brain friendly wouldn't that be it's, nice yeah
1: that would be nice yeah then we'd all be on the same page that's right you know? That's right. well thank you very much for thank being on Alice. the show Thanks. i really enjoyed having thank you here you. And, enjoy your day oh i will Could be at <laughs> this for a few hours yet um so well, thank you very much we've been talking with dr heidi Hanna, uh, recharge your brain and business and we'll be right back
0: 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
2: Moving
4: forward can be difficult to do sometimes.
0: There is always something
4: going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love.
3: Sometimes you just need something a
4: little positive in your week. Make that spot Thursday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business.
3: If you're an influencer, you
4: don't follow the trends, you set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call.
3: Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right.
4: Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends consumer behaviors and its impact on hollywood if you're looking to respond to the tech fueled changes in the marketplace then tune in to the tech cat show wednesdays at 1 p.m pacific 4 p.m eastern on voice america business and syndicated to voice america women's channel how is your work-life balance
2: In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone road.com. Again, that's info at stone road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected.
1: And welcome back to the show. Uh, We're broadcasting live from Disaster Recovery Journal Conference here in Phoenix. And uh, my next guest uh, has a booth right across from me, and I noticed it yesterday. And I thought, you know, hmm, let's see about finding out about these guys. Uh, In the past, we've had the Disaster Recovery Institute here, um, the International Emergency Management Society. You know. just so many different uh, nonprofit groups in the emergency response, disaster recovery industry. And this group is the Association of Contingency Professionals. And so I walked over yesterday and reached out to my next guest, Sherry, and I'm going to say the last name wrong, aren't I? Umloff. Um, Umlof.
4: Very good, I was like say umpire and loft. Um,
1: that's right. <laughs> Sherry Amloff who is the president of the Arizona chapter Correct. of the Association of Contingency Professionals. Yes. Welcome to the show.
4: Thank you, thank you for having me, and thank you for reaching out, and. And uh, offering this opportunity, so really oh, my, appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. You yeah. know, I, I want everyone to understand all these groups and what's out there, and how they can learn, and you know what they have to offer. You know, uh, I think that's important for you know people that have been in the industry for a long time and people that are new. You know, somebody may have been hired a couple of weeks ago in a company here in Phoenix, and has no idea you know that there's a local chapter and the president is right here that they could reach out. Absolutely. So I want to make sure that they have that opportunity. So Great. tell us something about ACP.
4: So ACP is a nonprofit and we are basically a group of a networking people that we get together um, it varies based on the chapter uh, across the states and internationally but uh, we meet on a monthly basis in Arizona and we are a group of uh, many different companies and government agencies um, uh, private uh, the big private companies as well as um, like the electric company the Arizona Department of Emergency Management um, and so it's just a, a networking forum that we get together we have uh, speakers and we have the opportunity to, uh, to bounce ideas off of this pool of resources. So, like you said, it's it's very valuable for both um, experienced practitioners as well as new people, because the new people can come learn. And then we also get uh, certification CEUs to maintain our professional certifications. But um, ACP is basically, uh, the vision is the world's premier association of resiliency professionals. And we are, our mission is shaping. And supporting the global community of resilience practitioners. Now that's so, for
1: the all of ACP, not just correct. Arizona, right? That's
4: right. Okay. And so we each we have a um, international or national board, and then each state, or in some cases, I think New York and California have multiple chapters I because they're that. so large. So um, you know anybody can start a chapter anywhere, and there's materials to help you, and there's other chapters to support you, but basically it's just a group of people getting together to share knowledge. We have had some very cool presenters. We've had people from, say, Sky Harbor um, and we from both the TSA and the emergency manager talk about the exercises that they do at the airport. Everybody can relate to an airport. Everyone mm-hmm. travels through an airport. So Just it about doesn't, everybody here has been through <laughs> it exactly. to get there. So, um, I mean, we do have kind of the basic um, towers, if you will, or pillars of uh, business continuity, disaster recovery, emergency management those are three of the big pillars that we mm-hmm. kind of uh, focus around, but we have topics that you know um, impact everyone, and so we 've had people uh, we 've had speakers from the um, the National um, e- emergency health Uh, organization or Arizona's uh, health organization and talked about how if we had some sort of a bioterrorism event how Maricopa County has to distribute medicine to six million people in 48 hours and so they talked about their how they do their um, points of dispensing and how they um, would deliver and have uh, the distribution of medicines so is
1: is that local here Uh Uh, that that county just for our listeners because we've got people around the globe so yes so so there's
4: a national Mm -hmm. stockpile, and that's uh, managed by the cdc Center for uh, Disease Control. control. Thank you. And then they distribute to the city, to the states. And then the states distribute to the counties. And then the counties determine if they're going to do overall county management or if they're going to distribute to the cities. Or even some companies might be able to distribute within their own company. They have to go through a process. But that was an interesting one. That was another interesting one. Um, We had um, uh, one time we had a speaker from Arizona Department of Transportation and they were talking about the evacuation routes. Well, I, my kids have always teased me because I've always had a family business continuity plan. And we were all heading up as, to Prescott. As every family should. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. And so we were heading up to Prescott, up to the mountains, you know, meet at a cabin. And uh, I quickly found out my kids are spread across the valley. And so they would be heading to other states. So that just mm. shot a hole in my business continuity plan. But it was very informative.
1: Well, you, it would be your continuity plan. <laughs> Would be fine, but if <laughs> they're right, a part of your plan, right. that's the that's part gonna that's not going to That's going to take them
4: longer to come find yeah. me. The reunification part.
1: <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. when did um, your chapter in Arizona start? You know, uh, you're the president. So, how long have you been the president? Um, know, and what's your role?
4: In I'm that? An, I'm an a president is an annual role. So next year mm-hmm. I will become the past president. So our board. You cannot um,
1: go more than one year. Just um, out of curiosity.
4: You could, but the, it's the structure it's is. Stressful, you don't
1: want
4: to. It's a little bit of work, and there's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's volunteer because we're nonprofit. So uh, we all have full time jobs; we're working, you know, 40 plus hours. Um, So uh, you you um, there are a number of board positions, and so we um, we do have a tendency to sometimes rotate a little bit on the board. Mm -hmm. Um, We could continue um, if you wanted to, but um, I've only been president this year. Last year, I was in a position called President-Elect. So you come on as president one year in advance and learn and participate on the
1: board. Oh, so the Um, the handoff is smoother. mm -hmm, And there's continuity that way. Absolutely, business continuity. There we go. (laughs) Organizational continuity. Here. Organizational
4: continuity. Exactly. So, um, I think our, our, our chapter was started a long time ago. I want to say, um, you know, at least 20 years ago. Fact, you,
1: ACP has been around that long. Oh, I think it's
4: been around longer than that. But, you know, Arizona's, you know,
1: well, we fairly
4: hope to snag young state. Is that state. the guy in the green over there? Is
5: that <laughs> no, the, that's
4: my program director. He puts oh. together my programs. Oh. So, I, you know, where we're going to be at our meetings, we rotate our meetings, different locations around. The valley. And oh, so. I thought
1: that was um, what, what's his name? Was it Sean? No, S- Stephen, the, the guy in charge of all of ACP.
4: Oh, Scott Reed. Scott, I thought Scott that was Scott. Scott is not here today. So uh, okay. he, yeah, he was here yesterday. I had an opportunity to have a good conversation with him, but he had to fly to a client meeting today.
1: Or did he just run away because he knew I was going to ask him to be on the radio?
4: (laughs) Yes. No, unfortunately. Right. He's got other things. Right. He's gone.
1: He's gone. So so how many chapters are there?
4: Well, we have 33 currently. So there's pretty much um, it's when, not one not, in every not to state. Not through the but, whole
1: list, but mm-hmm. you know where are you located? You know,
4: um, Ari- Arkansas, Arizona, Alaska, California, um, Washington, uh, Florida, Atlanta, Boston, Maryland. Um, New York, uh, Tennessee, even South Dakota, and um, So you cover a, quite a
1: quite a bit of the regional areas of the United States. Absolutely. Uh, is there any plans, and maybe you're not the right person mm-hmm. to answer this, but I'll ask anyway. Mm-hmm. Are there any plans to expand ACP to international, you know, to, you know, well, where I'm from, Canada, mm-hmm. uh, or, yes. you know, or or head south, Mexico, or somewhere in Europe, you know?
4: Yes. I think that there, yeah, I thought there was a Canada um, chapter. And I maybe, thought there was at one
1: time. Yes. Maybe so maybe
4: just, they're you know. um, uh, maybe they're either not listed on this chapter list. Maybe there's an international list, and mm. I only pulled the U.S. one. I don't know. Okay. Or maybe they're forming or storming. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. We get enough storms up there.
4: <laughs> this is
1: Canada. Everything's white you know, for okay. six months of the year. <laughs> Know, or the rain, exact opposite. Know. Yes, down here it's all yes, hot and dry. Yes, we're still yeah yes. we're still
4: in the nineties, hundreds or forty in Celsius. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how, if someone wants to get in touch with um, ACP, how do they reach you? you know, okay. There's, whether it be here in Arizona for a chapter or um, to look up a chapter. Sure, you know, that's hey, is a great. Some, is there is there some place near you know where I am in Dallas? You know, or great or something question. Like
4: ACP internationalcom and so one, that's our international uh, website. And then there's a section where it's about and you can find chapters and then they'll connect you. You can reach out to the chapter. And oftentimes you can go to a meeting for free and see if you like it before you join. And there is a membership fee. So there is a membership membership fee. fee. That's going to be my next question. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so the, the, each group, um, the national has a um, an, uh, national fee and then each chapter that you belong to gets a portion of that to operate right. for the year. Yes. Oh, well,
1: that's great. And yes. um, membership is on a yearly basis and you Correct. renew? Okay, Correct. it's not just a one-time and it's then
4: a, it a No, it's, it's okay. annual, although okay. it, there is a prorated. So if you join okay. in the middle of the year, you're paying uh, half of what the annual membership okay. is.
1: Okay. And you have monthly meetings and yes. different speakers that yes. come in and yes. I'm sure some of the people who are uh, involved with ACP come in and speak as well, like yes. uh, yourself, may, mm-hmm. may do a presentation, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Well, that's great. I'm glad you, you came over and I'm glad I reached out just to get to, you know, help you promote ACP and, you know, all the best with the chapter here and the conference. Hopefully it goes well. And Thank you, Sherry, for all joining right. us. Thank you so
4: much. Thank all you. right. Have a good okay.
1: day. Have a good day. And on that, we're going to take a break and you're listening to Preparing for the Unexpected broadcasting from DRJ in Phoenix.
4: Every day, we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon that can go way over our heads. Now there's a show that brings it all back down to earth. Tune in for today, tomorrow's technologies with host Jose Negron. We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron. Live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: you are listening to preparing for the unexpected with alex Fuller. email your questions to info at stone-road.com again that's info at stone-road.com now back to preparing for the unexpected
1: and welcome back to the show. We're recording live. Uh, sorry, I keep saying recording because that's what I do you know, on a weekly basis for the last year. We are broadcasting live from DRJ in Phoenix. And uh, we're talking to different people attending, You know, some uh, guests, some speakers, some uh, authors, and in some cases, some exhibitors, uh, which is my next case, uh, which is a little bit of an international flavor. And you'll hear when he speaks. You know, He's not from Phoenix and uh, not from my neck of the woods in Canada either mr. Eric DeVos and he's representing uh, ready now um, usually I don't talk you know about uh, vendors uh, you know and, and things like that um, however last night at a meet and greet here uh, being held at the conference uh, Eric gave me this fantastic story of how um, his his uh, would it be product? The current product yes, came it. came about, you know, which was very different than, you know, hey, we created something here; it's for sale. Um, you had a different way of of how it came about, and I thought that story was rather interesting. So, can you tell us how you know, ready, ready now, your your product came about? Because it came about from people like me.
5: Yeah. Yeah, that's correct, Alex. And uh, apologies for the accent. Yes, we have come a <laughs> long way from Australia. And it was only 30 hours to get here, Alex. Only 30? Only 30 hours. <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, we all love uh, travel and travel's adventure. So, yeah, how did the product come about was a little bit interesting. So ReadyNow actually started out as a previous organization, actually in the data center business. So it was called Enterprise Data Corporation. And we're heavily involved in, in basically looking for resilient data centers and, and all those things that happened mostly prior to cloud, there was more hosting going on. However, some of our clients were heavily involved in business continuity mm-hmm. and business resilience was very core to them. And uh, the clients were coming to us and saying, well, uh, you do a great job as far as hosting our servers and our hardware, but could you provide a different flavor as in the form of help us automate? help us business continuity a bit better. So we started listening as clients and and, uh, over the five years, they started out with things like, uh, we really want something that's easier to use. That was fundamentally, and as you'd know, Alex, a lot of the time we do things via spreadsheet, and there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah, lots of those, you know, and Word documents that are, you know, inches thick and things like that, yes. All those things. And the second thing they said, well, can you integrate between the documents, and, and can you help us control, and, you know, a single database? And, of course, uh, that led to another conversation. We started developing some things. And then uh, another conversation with a whole bunch of clients, uh, uh, was well, can you put all this on a mobile device for us? So we were about to go into production and about to ship, and we went, okay, let's see if we can do that as well. Uh, and then we talked about availability. Our clients wanted this thing available everywhere, Alex, and you know in business resilience, communication's key, but if you can't make it available on any device and have it instantly accessible, you know, people are not gonna use it. It's like my kids, right? right? (laughs) That's right, yeah. (laughs) It's true, right? You gotta be able to have it available and have it now since the term ready now. As you're you're,
1: uh, evacuating the building, going down the stairwell, people (laughs) wanna be able to access what they need to right off the bat,
5: right? You're spot on, Alex. In fact, they wanna know their plans, they wanna know what to do. They also wanna know, is the board aware of what's going on and what's the communication of the media? So those things, again, uh, mobility, Uh, then availability, and this is the hardest part. We're again, so we're now about four years into development. With with continuously changing requirements. (laughs) Innovation, (laughs) innovation going, and then the scope keeps moving and my, you know, all those good things, but it was for the right reason. And uh, they said, we want to modify it ourselves. And that's where we were. Whoa. Sorry, say that again, modifying. They want to modify the the actual tool that does mobility, does uh, business continuity, risk management, op risk, incident, vendor management. They want to modify it themselves. When I say modify it, modify the screens, modify the data feeds, modify the APIs to get you know, weather information. They want to modify it themselves. They want a software company uh, that's not necessarily easy to do. To hand, basically, the keys of the Ferrari to you know, the client who who doesn't know anything <laughs> who doesn't how to drive a Ferrari doesn't know how to. You know, you know. used to driving a pickup truck. A very different thing. Yeah, and there's no traction control, right? Yeah. So that led us to more innovation and more development of the of the platform, and we came out with something called zero coding. Now, what the hell is that? What that actually is, is clients have an ability, and they may come from whatever background, but they want to be able to point, click, drag and drop, and make it intuitive. The whole right. idea behind all of those things. Now, what I've just told you, Alex, that's five years just gone by. <laughs> five years. <laughs> How are you ever going to get to market? <laughs> and, and in 2016, 2017, we launched the product with all of that criteria. In place, and that was when ReadyNow basically came out as an innovative platform. And uh, since then, we've been pretty uh, successful. We've got about 60,000 users live with this thing, and so uh, we're so, here but today. It start, but it started from uh,
1: customers wa- asking for things. It wasn't something that you had. Pl- it wasn't a product you had put out. Correct. Right? Correct. It, it was something you had you had started to do one thing, and you ended up with um, almost a three, you know, 180. You ended up in a, um, you know, your product, you ended up with a user product. Correct, correct. You know, so what were some of the challenges along the way then? Well, you know, just continually, and I, I'll use your expression,
5: you know, the uh, the markers, the, the scope kept changing. <laughs> Well, we decided that, that, you know, everyone wants a perfect product. We're never going to get there. But, you know, we thought we'd get as close as we can because everyone wants to transform themselves. And I'll just touch on this transformation thing. We discovered that the key to business resilience and being ready and improving uh, risk mitigation strategies, it's actually all about people. You hear about the technology and you hear about the process. But if the people are not engaged... Frankly, Alex, they ain't going to touch it. So we thought we'll hone on this. And so the scope kept changing to get it better for the employee to basically get use of it. So what happens is we might just be in business continuity one day, but there's then third-party or risk or something else going on that impacts business continuity. So Mm -hmm. as a user, if you can't modify that quickly on the spot, before you know it, you're gonna be out of date, you'll lose the funding from the, the CEO or the CFO. But if you can modify it yourself, and add mm-hmm. some of that criteria, and dare I say it, let's have some fun. Alex, yeah. is it new? <laughs> can, can you have fun in disasters? I'm, I'm not sure that's possible. Managing it, <laughs> managing it, right? And getting ready for it. If you if you bring that employee part of it into it, and that led to the, to the product. So you're right, it took a while to get it right. We're pretty hmm. sure we got it uh, pretty much nailed now. Uh, are we continuing to innovate and develop? Yes. But Alex, as you pointed out, we started as a hardware co- company we then transformed ourselves into a software company. Because of what
1: customers, uh, you know, well people, you know, and organizations were really looking for. Correct. You know, it's, uh, which is why I wanted to talk to you uh, today is you know, many other vendors, you know, this is what we have, you know, and this is what it does. But I thought it was rather interesting because you started in one spot and you ended up in a completely different area because of people like me who are, oh, this is what I want to see. This is what I want to do. You know, this is what will help us. You know, um, just out of curiosity, I know I've only got another minute left, but just out of curiosity, uh,
5: are you still getting those requests to change it? Well, what's happening is the clients now have their own user groups. And that's oh, fascinating. Okay. And so the clients, in fact, one of a very large uh, bank uh, actually then came back to us the other day and said, Look what we've done with it. And we were blown away because they actually uh, uh, came across and said, What we've done with it, we had a physical security risk going on in our organization, and they developed the tool themselves and gave us the use case back to us. So the oh. innovation's now coming from the clients. <laughs> So, Back to us, and that's that's really cool when you see that. Well, that's good.
1: and it's good because then you know you're getting uh, the people out there. You've got the engagement. You're you're getting what people really want. Yes. You know, rather than this is what I think they want, you're actually getting no. This is really what they <laughs> this want. This is what you are. Now I, I've almost done, but I know you were just handed a piece of paper. So uh,
5: <laughs> did you want to mention yeah, what that yeah. is? Yeah, So, so a little bit of a, a pitch for the for the BCI. So uh, about a year ago, we were approached by the BCI, and they said, "Well, we've heard what you're doing, and we." Put up uh, what we've been doing: workflow, the zero coding, uh, the drag and drop in our solution portfolio, and the BCI good. actually then nominated us for the award, and we won the Excellent. Innovation Award for good the for year you. For, for 2018. So, good for you! Thank you, Alex. Congratulations! Really enjoyed the thank program. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Um, we were talking with Mr. Eric Devos from Ready Now, and we've come to the end of our first show, um, broadcasting live from Phoenix